Support for this episode comes from eBay. Whether it's a holy grail pair of sneakers, head-turning handbags, or one genuine wardrobe staple. If you're always on the hunt for that one wardrobe staple you just gotta have, eBay gets it. Nothing's more important than the real deal. When you shop on eBay, all you have to do is look out for that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll know that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo will be verified authentic through a detailed inspection. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 93 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom, representing the kingdom, myself, Brad Simcox, and our headlines editor, Tom Childs. The Chiefs suffer another frustrating loss, this time against the Buffalo Bills. And it looks like Tom and I have to sit sift through yet another crime scene to determine what went wrong. But we don't have to be Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson to adjudicate that this was, in fact, the offense with the dagger in the locker room that broke Chiefs fans' hearts. We'll also see how this result has affected the Chiefs' position in the Arrowhead Pride power rankings before we take our first look at the Chiefs' next opponents, the New England Patriots. But first... There's a flag down at the line of scrimmage as the pass is to an open Travis Kelsey, who flings it back over to Tony. My goodness, this is going for a touchdown. This is a, this is not a design play. Kelsey's always looks around as if he's a quarterback, and he does this. Number 19 offense lined up in the neutral zone. Five-yard penalty. It just can't happen. These receivers can't get out of the way of hurting the team. Too many times at the end of the game. Mahomes steps all the way back to the 33. Down the middle of the field. He throws it. No one's there. And there's no flag on the field. And the Bills are going to keep their playoff hopes alive. After one of the most difficult weeks that Sean McDermott has been a part of, he comes up, had a chance to get the last part of it down. They had pressure on him this entire series of downs at the end. And you're right, a most tumultuous week for some people thought, well, have they lost the locker room? What is going on here with Mahomes? I just said that frustration is growing for Mahomes. Well, Tom, I was saying last week that we expected the Chiefs to snap out of it at some point or wanted them to snap out of it at some point. But it looks like it's the same old, same old, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I mean, what can you add to that? I mean, we seem to be doing the same podcast every week right now that we're not convinced with this offense at all. We're not convinced in this wide receiving core and something's amiss, isn't it? I mean, I thought it looked better. Better? On Sunday. I did. Like... I was fuming on Sunday night, right? I'm still because fuming. We were robbed of one of the greatest plays of all time. Yeah. Like, and obviously a victory. But I thought the Chiefs played quite well against the Buffalo Bills. I thought the offense found some things on Sunday. I thought the defense started poorly, but then was tremendous for three quarters of the game. I genuinely looked at this performance and thought this is the best we've looked in a long, long time. And unfortunately, the ending and the way it all fell apart at the back end of it has skewed what was, I thought, quite a promising performance from 
the Chiefs and the offense overall. So we've got very different opinions here, haven't we? I mean, I get what you're saying. The stats look pretty decent. I don't care about Consi- the stats. It's just no, on the no, eye but, it's better. I mean, the, yeah, it, I mean, looking on the eye. But... Pacheco, I just think the whole, I think as a whole, the offense just looked better. Mahomes looked more comfortable. Mahomes was was getting his base right, rifling passes. Like there was one or two passes in that game that we haven't seen in weeks. Like granted, some of them was dropped, like the over the middle ones to Richie Drake, James, yeah. where he just fired it on third and long. Was it second and long rather? And it hit the guy in the hands, and that was a hell of a pass. Like I thought, Mahomes was dealing. I thought the offense in general looked far far stronger than it has in previous weeks. So for for my money, yeah, I absolutely despise to get the way the game ended, and we have ourselves to blame for that. I don't think it was all bad the way the Chiefs played against. So you didn't see you didn't see the Tony drop or anything like that, or nothing like that seemed to phase you, did it? Not out of this because we're looking at this this Chiefs team again, just getting seventeen points, and it's something that I actually predicted. I actually said they would get seventeen points; they wouldn't get yeah. to twenty points, and it's not something that I expect from this offense anymore. I expect I expect over the last few years a Chiefs offense to at least blow past twenty points and go into the you know aiming towards the thirty point range. Yet we've got seventeen points. We've got a number of drops yet again, and we've got another wide receiver play making some real kind of crazy out of the body experience where he's lined up wrong. Okay, granted he was lined up wrong mostly throughout the game, and there was only one of those called. But here we are again talking about another wide receiver, another lot of wide receiver drops, and Mahomes this time has reached boiling point. You're not going to mention the wide receiver fumble, though. He gets. Oh a yeah, pass yeah, yeah. yeah the right. Rice fumbled yeah. as well, didn't Obviously, he? Rashi yeah. Rice gets a pass because he plays pretty well most of the time. But well, he does. Yeah. No one, no one, no one brings up Rashi Rice's drop. No. Always fumbles. Most of the time, like I, I haven't come away from that game as annoyed as I thought I would be or as I was on Sunday afternoon I think the Chiefs showed enough to me that they can get better going forward and they have four weeks now to get themselves better going into the the playoffs Wanya Morris looked significantly better than Donovan Smith yeah I did more than comfortable at left tackle that's a guy that has to play left tackle from now on the receivers the snap counts we're, get, uh, we're getting there on the snap counts. MVS's role dramatically reduced. Sky Moore's role mm. dramatically reduced. We're seeing more of uh, Rashi Rice. We're seeing more Justin Watson. Seeing more Kadarius Tony. Seeing Kadarius Tony have runs out the backfield. Mm. We're seeing Travis Kelsey get his and have a, a half decent game against the Buffalo Bills. Having Mahomes throwing the ball well off platform. We're having run blocking looking okay. Even Clyde Edwards Alaire was running the ball well. You what he surprised me this year. Jerry season. McKinnon looked dangerous. I, I I think there was a lot to like about this Chiefs offensive performance. And had Kadarius Tony not been offside, you're looking at a performance where they scored 24 points against a very good Buffalo Bills team. Yes, the receivers let us down. Yes, Tony let us down. Yes, there were drop passes as well. But the offense as a whole, I personally think it looked better than it has done in a few weeks. It looked more like a functional offense than so it has done previously. You're on the mindset that they, they trended in the right direction going off that basically on you because, you, yeah. you, like you said, the, the, the snap counts seem to be favouring more a lot towards the more productive receivers that we've got. And, yeah, the run game seems to be getting a bit more established now. Like like I said before, the CEH seems to be really surprising me this year. He seems to be making some productive... There's there's, there's quite a bit of productivity coming out, out of him at the minute. Um, McKinnon's getting more involved. So, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from, but it's just a frustration time and time again. Each week, we're looking at a wide receiver problem or have been looking at a wide receiver problem, and it's putting wide receivers that aren't productive in right at the end of the game to actually make a play, and it's not working. But what have we asked the guys to do this week? What did we ask MBS and Skymore and those guys to do this week? We didn't ask well, them to do much. Yeah. Like they were, they got their cardio. Fair play to them, but um, we didn't, we didn't exactly ask them to do much because we dramatically reduced their role. I say yeah. we, the Chiefs dramatically reduced their role, and that for me is a trend in the right direction. Like if the offense looked better, 
without them on the field this week, what do you do next week? You take them off the field even more. Mm. Like Isaiah Pacheco could be back on Sunday. We're hoping he'll be back on Sunday. Obvious, yeah. Then you run the ball with him. You run the ball with CEH. You find ways to get Travis Kelsey to the ball again. You find ways to get Noah Gray involved. You find ways to get Rashid Rice involved. Yeah. That's your recipe for success if you're this Chiefs team. Your recipe for success is not giving MBS and Sky more 50 to 60% of the snaps. Yeah. They dramatically reduced it this week. They played better. That for me is a trend in the right direction. Good. But that's where I am. That's the reason, rather, why I'm come I've come out of Sunday, had a think about it, and thought actually this team has given me more hope on Sunday as opposed to despair, which mm. is not where I was at with two minutes to go during the game on Sunday. I, I was as angry as anyone else. I, I'm not quite Mahomes. He was really angry, but I was pretty pissed myself on Sunday evening. I think the Mahomes thing, we've got to address that now because it sounds like the NFL is going to investigate his comments that he made with Alan and how, just how incensed he was. I mean, it's crazy because we've never seen him like that before. I mean, he's normally quite... You know, he takes it on the chain. He kind of, you know, puts it, goes through the process of going through the press conferences and making sure that everything's calm. He doesn't really blame anybody or anything like that. But this time, he just seemed very like it's it, like all of his pent up frustration just suddenly just spilled out in that moment, just off that one play. And yeah. he was incensed, wasn't he? I mean, do you read anything into that? Because I, I, I'm reading all sorts into this because I was saying during the game that the the Chiefs' offense. The body language on the sideline just didn't seem to match at all what we've been used to over the last few years. The championship swagger has gone. Again, Kelsey looked as though he was distant, far away, but he played well in the game. And now we've got Mahomes with this outburst. This, this, it, it looks like bottled up frustrations that he's annoyed, obviously, at the call. But I think he's also secretly annoyed at the fact that his wide receivers have yet again let him down in some of the key moments. Yeah, I agree. Like he almost went early in the game, didn't he? MVS. Yeah, he was yeah. pissed off of MVS for not sitting down on a route. And like I've seen that back a couple of times. I kind of get why MVS carried on, and I kind of understand why MVS, uh, Mahomes wanted MVS to sit down in the zone as well. That just says to me that it's just a, a lack of chemistry between them two, and they're not going to get. They're seeing things completely different, and that's why Mahomes was annoyed. And it's the first time we've seen him actually go at a receiver the not named McCall Hardman in a long mm. time. Like he always went at McCall on the field and he was whenever McCall made a made a mistake, Mahomes was visibly pissed off with him. Yeah. But we'd not really seen that with MBS. We'd not really seen it with Tony or Rice or any of these other guys. He'd been quite relaxed on the field or at least for what we've seen with those guys. I don't know what he was saying on the sidelines or in the meeting rooms afterwards, but on the field he gave a very calm, relaxed persona. That started to crack on Sunday, and mm. it did start to crack. And there was obviously that ended the drive, that particular pass, and he was pissed off with that. And then obviously the Tony thing happens. And you're right, it was it was vented up frustration. There's no so, way in hell Mahomes goes as crazy at the referees if the receivers haven't had the issues that they had all year. Mm -hmm. Just it, it doesn't happen like that. It was a culmination of all these different issues that the Chiefs are having, all these things that are being said about the Chiefs, all these things that are being said about Mahomes because we know he listens to them, mm -hmm. um, all these different things that he's hearing, seeing, and probably thinking himself just exploded in one moment. And mm -hmm. the referees were at the bar of it. Like, they were the target at the end of the day. They were the victim. Yes, the referees probably could have not called it, but he was so far offside i don't think he left them much choice he was uh, and i know people want to go on at the refs and i get i did i do get the frustration with it because it hadn't been called in all game i get that they don't typically call that it's the first time it's ever been called under andy reed whatnot but at the end of the day the root cause of that call was Kadarius tony lining up offside mm -hmm. like we do something at work it's called to the five whites like you you have something go wrong and you walk back. Why did this go wrong? So why why did the play not count? Because the referee's flag. Why did the referee's flag? Because Kadarius Tony was lined upside. Why was Kadarius Tony lined up offside? Because he wasn't checking his alignment. Why wasn't he checking his alignment? Because 
he has a, a lack of attention to detail. Why has he got a lack of attention to detail? Because it's not something they discuss in the meeting rooms. Why aren't they discussing the meeting rooms? Because it's not yes. something the coaches ever notice. You work your way back and the route back, it works all the way back to the root cause. And the root cause essentially is a lack of attention to detail on the part of the player and the coaches. Now, if you're going to put yourself in a position for that to get called by the referees, then that's your fault. Exactly. The referee do call it. Yes, they could have given a warning. I get it. I do. I get it. I do get that frustration from Mahomes and Reed. They they obviously overplayed it massively because they're pissed off for other things. It made it seem like they were angrier than they actually were at that particular thing. But at the end of the day, if Kaderis Tony lines up on side, that play counts. It's yeah. as simple as that. It is simple exactly as that. that. He lines yeah. up on side. He checks properly, gets a call from the line judge to say, yeah, or move back a yard or whatever. Then he is onside. That play counts. Yeah. Right. We wouldn't, if, if a defensive lineman lined up offside, oh gosh, memories, painful memories. <laughs> if a defensive lineman lined up offside against us and got a game play, game changing play, we would all be pissed off. Mm-hmm. We would be pissed off. Yeah. Even if, even if he lined up offside and he ended up recovering a fumble that, a wide receiver caught. We'd be pissed off because then that play shouldn't have counted because he was lined up offside in the first place. Even though his rush had absolutely nothing to do with the with the fumble of the receiver, the fact that he was lined up originally would have us pissed off for them not calling it. So why isn't it the same on the offense? Yeah. Him lining up offside had no impact on that play whatsoever. But the fact that he was lined up offside is a penalty and we would be so pissed if the same happened on the defensive. Like D Ford, like D Ford's offside had no bearing on the result of the play whatsoever. But the rest flagged it because he was offside, because he lined up in the neutral zone. Yeah. He didn't have a pass rush that affected Tom Brady to get that ball out early and it gets tipped and then uh, tipped by Gronk and then intercepted. He he had no bearing on that play whatsoever, but he still got flagged. Mm. If the same happens on the offense, you kind of have to accept it. But the root cause of it all is you lining up offside. Yeah. Don't line up offside. Simple as that. And that's where the frustration gets from me when it comes to this game is that lack of attention to detail that the Chiefs seem to be missing this year. Whether yeah. it's ball security, running routes, lining up properly, false starts. It just seems to be, they seem to be really, really sloppy. I don't think necessarily it's play calling. Um, this obviously there's a talent issue. But the talent can be addressed a little bit by paying attention to detail. And they just don't seem to have that in there this year. And I don't understand why. Do you think it's fair everything that all the backlash that Mahomes seems to be getting from certain corners of uh, fan bases and, and things about, you know, I've lost all respect for Mahomes because he's done this. I've respect for him in the first place. Like, let's be honest. Exactly. If, if exactly. that's what it takes for you to lose respect respect for a guy, then you never respect him in the first place. Exactly. But um, my standpoint on this... I saw one tweet's got like 11 million views or something stupid like that. It's ridiculous, isn't it? With like 20,000 followers. is like, oh, thinks he's gone viral, thinks he's the next big thing because he tweeted, oh, I lost all respect for Mahomes. Whack off. But um, like, the long and short of it is, I don't like how Mahomes behaved with Josh Allen. No, I, that was a bad look. I've, that not was lo- a bad look. I've not lost respect for Mahomes out of it. He was frustrated. But I really didn't like the way he behaved with Josh Allen. Um, Should have just congratulated him. Him and Josh Allen are yeah. friends as well. They are friends. Yeah. They're rivals, but they're also friends. And for him to act like that, I, I thought was uncalled for. Um and I would be annoyed if another quarterback acted that way with Mahomes. Not give you your, due, your, your dues, basically. Yeah, you know, like the Bills played well. I mm. thought the Bills are trending in the right direction. I now think the Bills will make the playoffs. Well, I said it last week. I thought they would. I and I expected them to beat us anyway. Mm. But I thought the Bills done well, and we've had a nice, we've had a few classic games with the Bills now. And for Josh Allen, for who has had moments like that himself, admittedly, I quite like the guy. I quite like Josh Allen. And um, I like the mini rivalry we've got with the Bills. I think it's probably one of the, the rivalries I like more so than the others. Um, but for Mahomes to act that way with Josh Allen afterwards, it didn't sit right with me. I didn't agree with it. Like Be be as annoyed with your, the refs and your teammates as much as you want. Be as annoyed as you want in the press conference. But give Josh his, give, give Josh his due. Like, that wasn't the only reason why the, the Chiefs lost that game. There were, were multiple reasons. 
why they lost that game. But that was obviously the big turning point. So I'm glad that Mahomes come out on Monday and just admitted that he regretted that the way he mm. did react, uh, interact with Josh Allen. Um, I, I, I should imagine he's reached out personally to, to him. Absolutely, yeah. Since, yeah. And I'm glad that's kind of been nipped in the bud. But as for these knobheads who are turning around saying, oh, I've lost all respect for him, just do one. You're just looking for an excuse to hate on Mahomes. And you just uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think we've seen a lot of quarterbacks over the years who have really shown frustration, especially well, like the teammates and stuff, and obviously bad calls and things like that. And we, we see it all the time. You know, it, it happens all the time. And even some of the greats have done it. The likes yeah. of Tom Brady. He's, we've seen him smash so many iPads over the years and throw his helmet across the, across the bench and stuff like that. We've yeah. seen it all, all, all the time. And it's always been passed off as he's passionate. And yeah. I just think that that is coming across as well. Not obviously the the Allen kind of chat that he had, but I think the fact that Mahomes cared about the actual play, cared about the actual situation, and vented so much that it, it does show that he has got that passion about him, that he does care about this team. He does care about what happens with his players. And I just think it's just a culmination, I think, really was the fact that he's had a lot of pent-up frustration this year. And I think it's just all spilled out all at once, yeah. and and that I, he's going to learn from that. He's, he's absolutely going to learn from that. But I I also hope that he doesn't just bottle it up. That he actually, if he wants to say something to a player, they're saying you you were <laughs> then that was yeah. a bad run, that was a bad route, or that was a bad catch. Do yeah. better next time. Get it out in the, in the huddle. Talk to them about it. You know, talk to them on the sidelines about it. That you're not happy about it. And then yeah, have your press conferences say yeah yeah we sorted it out. Yeah. Um. You know, we're going we're going to move move on from that. But yeah, he knows yeah. he knows he did wrong. Um. He sorted it out for next time. You know, he absolutely needs to find that balance now between yeah, uh, showing his frustration and bottling it up. Because if he doesn't, this will just happen again. Yeah, it will happen again, especially with this group of receivers. Like, if for example, I'm wrong and they're not trending in the right direction, and they're they're crap for the next four weeks, and then we get wild card round and things go to pot. I don't want to see that again from Mahomes. No, I don't. I, I would much rather there be a couple of mistakes in the next couple of games, invent to a much lesser extent at those players and in the hope that it gets addressed mm. and the issues get addressed, where letting it all boil over will eat inside you. And it, it must eat at your performance as well. Yeah. Uh, if you've got that inside there, like... If you can't, especially if you can't trust guys as well, if you can't trust guys, you're not going to pass them. Like everyone remembers playing Sunday league or football, football in the playground at school. And there's yeah. always, there was always a kid that was absolutely. <laughs> um, you'd, you'd, you'd have the ball, you look up and he'd be your only option. But these nuts, would you pass him the ball? Not a chance. <laughs> because you know that if you pass him the ball, he's just going to lose it. So you yeah. turn away and try to dribble around a couple of players yourself and go for a welding. And then you lose it. And then you lose it. But that's fine because <laughs> yeah. you lost it. But at least you didn't give it to the <laughs> kid to lose the ball. Yeah. Uh, that, that's how it feels with the the offense at the moment. Like he doesn't trust anyone enough. So he doesn't want to pass it to the <laughs> kids. Okay. So, but if the <laughs> kids are playing, shit, then tell them they're playing shit so they might get better. Yeah. Okay. Get Don't good wait. at all. Don't wait and wait and wait until you absolutely have to rely on the kids. And then when the kids go to bed, then you go crazy at them. All right? <laughs> it's not their fault. They're it's your fault for giving them the ball in the first place. Sorry for all the bleeps there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going edit- to be editing this for the next 24 hours after that. <laughs> I just, I do wonder though, with these receiver group, like now have the Chiefs found the answer with what they're going to do going forward. Like, I hope so. I really, yeah. really hope so that that's it now. They've seen the personnel groups that they like. I think, right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to lean into our superstars. Yeah. We're going to lean into Kelsey Mahomes and Isaiah Pacheco and with a little bit of rice. I really hope that's the answer going forward yeah. because um, if they do, paired with the defensive performance, which we still need to talk about, um, the defensive performers, then this team stands a chance. I think we saw enough, honestly, on Sunday that they can do some damage in the playoffs. Yeah. Even with their offensive problems. Yeah, the defensive side. I mean, it, it looked at the at the start that obviously they were still trying to figure out what the what the Bills were trying to do. So the Chiefs obviously went down 14 points and uh they did sort it out. They schemed up for it and 
some of the play, obviously the plays that the, the defense have made was uh, was inspiring. I would say. I, mean, I think they kind of got to the root cause of the problem. I knew exactly what the, the Bills were doing, and they implemented it, and they really gave the offense a chance to make something of this game. And and you could see that obviously the offense was clawing it back slowly but surely. Um, and I did start feeling a little bit better about it. I must admit that I thought you know the Chiefs have dug deep, they found a way through here because the defense has kept us in the game. Um, how many times is this going to happen, though? I think it will continue to happen. I think this is just who the Chiefs' defense are. Mm. I think they are a unit that can struggle early against teams whilst they get figured things figured out. But once they get things figured out, they become an incredibly hard team to play against. And again, my reason for optimism is a, a trend in the right direction for the offense. But I believe this defense will keep us in games. And a team like that will always remain dangerous, especially when you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes in in the backfield. So I'm I'm heavily optimistic all of a sudden, which is just mad to say. But it's because of the defense mainly. And like for them to go 14 points down and losing guys left, right and center, it seems like at the moment, it seems like there's a new injury every week. But for them to go 14 points down, to suffer at the hands of James Cook and Josh Allen running early, but then to address it and still manage to lock up Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs like they did. Lillagerous Needle had another phenomenal game on Sunday. He was excellent. But then to have like an outside contributor come in in Chamari Connor and almost ignite the comeback himself yeah. by making one hell of a play and like if you go back and watch that play i don't know if you've seen the old 22 fit it is a phenomenal play from him it's just he was basically flowing with the offense so he flowed with the offense to his right with josh allen and what he thought was james cook going to be in the run game and then as soon as josh allen rolls out to josh allen's right jamari corn's left he just keeps an eye on josh allen the whole time and just Bursts out of nowhere to undercut the pass. I don't think Josh Allen saw him once. No. Like, he come from that far over on the right-hand side to intercept that pass. I don't think any quarterback would be frowned upon for not seeing him. Good vision, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like, you could genuinely have, like, Cyclops or Robocop back there, and they wouldn't have seen him. Because, (laughs) like, he just come out of nowhere. It was just... A phenomenal play, and that was the upturn. And then when the Chiefs started to score, the likes of Legereus Need, the likes of Trent McDuffie managed to keep their passing attack mm. in check. And yeah, you can argue that the Bills play calling was a little bit suspect at time. They kind of avoid uh, abandoned the run a little bit and went too heavy on the pass game. But I think the Chiefs kind of earned that right to challenge the Bills in the pass game and yeah, because they just defended very, very well. And a lot of teams done what they usually do against the Chiefs is they get out to a lead. And as soon as a comeback begins to mount, they tend to <laughs> the bed. And instead of sticking with a run game, well, like we've seen it on numerous occasions now, the teams will go up early against the Chiefs using the run. But as soon as the Chiefs start to mount a comeback, they panic. Mm-hmm. And they do panic. And they start passing the ball unnecessarily. And instead of trying to stick what they were doing, they always try to fight fire with fire. And the Chiefs passing game gets hot, like it has done on occasions. The opposite team tends to fight fire with fire, fight fire with fire, and go down the route of passing with them. And they just kind of abandon it. And that's what the Bills done on Sunday. And it's quite a quite a nice thing for the Chiefs, really, because the 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 passing game slows down the game, allows them more time for um, to mount a comeback. And this year, especially the Chiefs pass defense is very good. So uh, I, I'm 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 happy. I I I know I've I didn't expect to come onto this podcast this week with as much optimism that I have, but I think overall, despite the loss, as frustrating as it was, I think it was a positive experience for this team and one that will put them in a good position for these next four games against backup quarterbacks. It's open. It's only taken until week fourteen for them to actually start working out that MVS and Tony are not it. I still think Tony's it. You really think Tony's it? Yeah. I still think Tony has a part to play in this offense. I do you know what? If if 
if it's one play in the Super Bowl and he does it again and scores another touchdown again in the Super Bowl, then right. okay, fine. So, but right, okay, let's let's say the rest of the 12, season, twelve personnel. Just, the Chiefs very rarely get into thirteen personnel, right? It's yeah. mainly eleven or twelve personnel. The Chiefs rolling, okay. So let's let's assume like twelve personnel. So two tight ends. Let's go. No great Travis Kelsey, but even though it's most likely to be Travis Kelsey and Blake Bell, and then as I Pacheco in the backfield. It leaves you two receivers. Who are your two receivers right now? Justin Watson and Rashi Rice. Yeah. And then so let's go. They go to eleven personnel instead. Just the one tight end in the field. Who's your third receiver out there? Tony Richie James Sky Moore MVS. Hundred yeah. percent is Tony. A hundred percent is Tony because he, yes, he's making I'm... mistakes, but he just he still has that it factor. Oh, he man. still. I, when are we going to see that it factor though? He's still. We saw it in the Super Bowl last year. We, it was, it, still, I could have scored that. Yeah, but he's still no, no. I'm okay, sorry. I was talking about the punt. Oh, the still, punt return. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. He can still do things that other players on this Chiefs team can't do. Where me and you could do what Sky Moore do. <laughs> right, granted. But so, the thing that I fear the most when I ever see Tony getting the ball is he tries to do too much with it. But that's because he can do things that other yeah. players can't do. But the worry that's is, why. at some point, he's going to spill that ball. And I'm what, like Rashi Rice did on Sunday. He did that, yeah. He did that, yeah. But my main concern is, is the production isn't there with Tony yet. It never will be. I just think there's a... I think Tony is just a complacency thing. No, I genuinely think it's a, don't... It's, no, I'm not having a, that. It's a, it's a complacency thing on his part and on the coach's part. That's why I think he is. I, I, I think he has all the talent in the world to be a good player. And he does. He has the potential. And I'd much rather him on the field than, say, Skymore or MVS. Because I think we know who they are. I just still think, like, it wouldn't surprise me if in the playoffs, Kadarius Tony makes an outrageous play that takes us through to the next round, right? That would not surprise me. There's no f***ing chance in hell that MBS or Skymore make those plays. Not a chance. Okay? Not a chance that they make those plays. So if we're going to have to pick one, it might be Richie James. We don't know. We see a very small sample size of him so far this yeah, year, yeah. but yeah. he dropped one on Sunday. But there's a chance that Kadarius Tony can always offer something. Now, the, the flip side of that is there's a chance Kadarius Tony can be Kadarius Tony that we've seen a couple of times this year, and he's going to absolutely mess things up. That's I've seen more right. of that Tony than I have uh, of the other yeah. Tony that you're talking about. It's a risk reward, but at this point, <laughs> we're so lacking in in receivers and offensive weapons that we kind of just have to pick the best of a bad bunch. And I, I think genuinely that Tony is in the top three of the receivers that we have. And if we're going to run with three receivers, I'd much rather it be Tony than MBS. He just scares the hell out of me every time he gets the ball. Now he scares the hell out of me. Or even even if the ball's going his way. Um, I, I mean, like that, him in the that, run game. That, I love that, seeing him in the run game. Uh, yeah, but even we, we've tried him in jet sweeps and he's never got more than two yards. No, but as a traditional runner, he's looked pretty good lining up in the back. <laughs> I'm right. not convinced on him. I, I'd, I'd love to see what you see in him, but I just don't see I just see a so special out of him. I see. A, I just see someone that can make plays. He can also f*** things up massively. He could but, make plays, but he yeah. doesn't make plays. He, he made, he made, he's living, he's dining out on the fact that that punt return that he did in the Super Bowl is pretty much one one of the big turning points in the in the Super Bowl. And I get it, I understand it because you're saying that Tony is that player that can do those special moments every now and again, once in a blue moon, and it's 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 in a special moment like that. But I just see too much going wrong. And I see too... I, I, I'm predicting now he's going to do one of those runs and he's going to think he's going to get more yards and he does his little kind of jukes and shakes and spins and all that kind of stuff. And he's going to fumble it again. And he's not going to... The, the production that he's given at the moment is not going to protect him for the odd fumble now and again. My, my hope is that Sunday for him would have been the low point of his career. Like, I thought we won one. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my hope is that Sunday was the low point and there is an attention to detail going forward on his yeah. part. Um, because if there is, and we with that complacency goes away, I think there's a very good player underneath there. I yeah. do. And I'd much rather take a punt on his potential than Skymore and MBS who just offer 
nothing whatsoever. That's yeah. where I'm at. Uh, so I, I still roll with Tony. I roll. I was angry at him, obviously, on Sunday. Yeah. Still am a little, I am still am pissed off about it. But that just wasn't his fault. That yeah. wasn't he lined up he lined up incorrectly, yes. But there's a process that goes into the way that he lines up. Mm-hmm. And so he's not completely blameless when it comes to that. Draw a line under this before we hit the break. Um I'm now coming around to the fact that I think that this Chiefs team, because Mahomes has boiled over, he has spilled his guts basically. And, and you know, it, it, there's there's no way that he hasn't been pointing fingers in the locker room either when it, when he was in that fizzing kind of stage that he had, this angry angry stage that he's had. And I think a lot of players have probably um, been a bit more open with him, and I think he's been open with them a lot more. I think uh, this is just guesswork. I've not heard anything, but. I believe that this is the kind of moment now that could be clear the air. Let's get back on track. We've got some favourable games coming up. We can get that winning spirit back again, and it could lead us well into the playoffs. So that's where I'm at. I'm thinking this juggernaut could suddenly become a juggernaut again. We've had a setback. Let's move on from it. Holmes is going to lead as he's always led, and but he's going to have this newfound um, kind of leadership skill where he's basically telling people, you're doing this time and you're doing this time. Be better. And I think that's going to help us in the long run. I'm here for it. I'm here for the Mahomes. I'm here for it as well. I'm here for the Mahomes villain era. I'm here for it. <laughs> if, if, if he, if he, like, I, I tell you what, I'm going to say it. I'm here for Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady era. That's what I'm here for. Is that what you're after? Like, the Chiefs are the bad guys now. But like, yeah. A lot of people thought we were the bad guys anyway. Now we are really the bad guys. Like, this is it now. We are the shit houses of the NFL, and uh, you don't need to bleep shit house because that's not a swear word because it's one word. <laughs> you would have to bleep house, but you yeah. don't have to bleep shit house. <laughs> okay, noted. I'll tell the duck. <laughs> There's an English lesson. <laughs> But yeah, I'm here for the shithouse era of the Patrick Mahomes career. So yeah. Right then, we'll take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll be doing the Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings and we'll be looking ahead for the next game, the Chiefs at the Patriots. We'll see you soon. Support for this episode comes from eBay. Whether it's a holy grail pair of sneakers, head-turning handbags, or one genuine wardrobe staple... If you're always on the hunt for that one wardrobe staple you just gotta have, eBay gets it. Nothing's more important than the real deal. When you shop on eBay, all you have to do is look out for that shiny blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll know that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo will be verified authentic through a detailed inspection. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Support for this podcast comes from SmartWater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? SmartWater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, SmartWater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a SmartWater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Hi there, welcome back to the Great British Chiefs show with Brad and Tom. We're going to do our head pride power rankings in a minute, but Tom's got something to say. What's up, Tom? You genuinely don't know what I'm about to say. I really don't know what you're going to say. <laughs> so, as per Ian Rapaport, the NFL will play a regular season game in Brazil next year. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Which is pretty cool. It is cool. It's in Sao Paulo, so that's pretty cool. I'll be going. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, babe, just off to Brazil for a few days. <laughs> I don't think I'd get away with that one. Hey, but, I tell um, you what, you're not in charge of the hotels. You'll get us in, in, in like some Brazilian favela somewhere, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why is there a... Tom, why... Every time we go away, is there a brothel outside the uh, hotel? <laughs> People are holding guns, Tom. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, the NFL is heading to Brazil, which is brilliant for the for the league but also in more exciting news is that the nfl have confirmed that from 2025 so only two seasons away they can play up to eight regular season games 
abroad. Wow, that is big news. Eight, That's eight huge. games abroad. So for us as Chiefs fans, that means half the league is playing abroad every year. Wow. So great news. For That's fantastic inter- news. International Chiefs fans. Great news for um, Chiefs fans in Kansas City who want an excuse to travel. Yeah. And, uh, um, it's just, yeah, fantastic, fantastic news for the league. And I think we're well on well on our way now to that 17th game being played on a neutral site every single year, yeah. every single team. That could be in America, in college stadiums and stuff like that. It can be in uh, Canada, Mexico. But uh, I, I do believe that give it five, six years, every single team will play at a neutral site every single year. And a London uh, Super Bowl. And perhaps a London Super Bowl. You never know. You never know, do you? Really good news for people like us, international fans, yeah. who want to see their team that can't make it to Kansas City so often. I still, I'm still a firm believer that every Chiefs fan from abroad needs to have a pilgrimage once in their life and go to go Absolutely. to Arrowhead. You need to do it at least once. Um, yeah. But if you can't quite afford to do that and you've got a team playing in Europe or if you're in Asia playing somewhere a little bit closer, Australia, same, similar yes. sort of thing. If you're Australian and there's a game in New Zealand or if you're from New Zealand, there's a game in Australia. Like if you, if that's the best you can do, then you absolutely need to go. This is, yeah. this is great. It's like the, I love what the NFL is doing internationally. Like yes. they know that they are so far behind soccer slash football because they are. Yeah. In, in comparison, the NFL is a tiny sport um, compared to soccer slash football. So how do they get this sport more international? How do they grow the market? How do they become like a global powerhouse? You have to take games there. Like the Premier League, they don't need to take games to America, to Australia, to maintain their size or get bigger because it's already a juggernaut. Okay. The NBA is probably the same. The NBA is probably a juggernaut worldwide as well because basketball is a bigger sport than American football globally so they don't need to do the same they don't they've done it every now and then they go to paris been to london go to china but they don't need to go on the scale that the nfl do the nfl absolutely nailing this they genuinely are like i i went to the first one in 2007 it was the giants versus dolphins at wembley stadium yeah game it was muddy as hell um uh, eli manning scored a touchdown and a few days later england got knocked out of the Euros qualifying because the pitch was so bad. The NFL yeah. took blame for that because they ruined the pitch so much that England lost. Apparently, that was the reason they lost to Croatia a few yeah. days later. Well, just but blame the Americans, be fine. Yeah, just yeah, blame, blame them. Yeah. You told me 16 years later that we're well on our way for every single team playing abroad every single year. I would have never believed you. I That's... thought the London, I thought the London thing was going to be a flash in the pan job. Yeah, two or three years, then a knock on the head. But the NFL stuck it out, and it's brilliant. And like, you only have to look at what happened in Frankfurt with Chiefs fans. There were so the many thing. Chiefs fans yeah. in Frankfurt. They travelled well, didn't they? Completely yeah. different. Yeah, but it wasn't just travelling from Kansas City; it was travelling from all over Europe. That first year that I went to, to that game in Wembley, the one I just mentioned, I got stopped by a man by a podcast, to a podcasting couple rather, that stopped me and said, "You are the first Chiefs fan we've seen all day." Really? Yeah. And How I times have three. changed. I saw about three. Now every year there's 15s everywhere, and wow. obviously the success helps. The success helps, but the reason why the Chiefs are getting so many new fans at the moment is because loads of new fans are getting introduced to the game because of what the NFL are doing, and yeah. they're going, "Oh, who's the best team? Who's the best player? Oh, the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. That's why we're going to support the Chiefs." Yeah, so it's great news for the Chiefs as the as the game expands globally. The Chiefs are just going to pick up so many new new fans. Like we've talked about this bandwagon enough enough times. We need to make that train a hell of a lot bigger. Like it's going to look like one of those trains in India soon. Double decker carriages. Pile- yeah, yeah. <laughs> People are just piling on everywhere. It's not going to have time to stop. People are just going to jump on him whilst it's moving. Like that's what it's going to be like this, this cheese bandwagon. It's, it's crazy. I'm so yeah. here for it. I love it. Yeah. I, I echo that completely. Um, like you said, we had a, such a great time in Frankfurt and the experience, like you said, I think they've brought the experience on a lot more now of going to these uh, international series games. It's not going to be the same as what it is in America. I don't think you can ever re- replicate that, what they're doing, in, especially in an hour ahead. You just can't replicate that. But to get a, a, a sniff of what the NFL is all about, I think they're they're nailing it. They're really nailing it right now. Right then, hour ahead, Pride Power Rankings. Top five, Tom. Okay, Power Rankings. Here we go. 
Um, not much changed from last week. The Chiefs are still sixth. Understandably, still sixth. All right, okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the Dolphins are still fifth. Mm, yeah. They had a bad weekend as well. That was a hell of a way to lose a football game. Wasn't it? Um, the Eagles have dropped to fourth now from third. Uh, the Ravens are now third. And the Dallas Cowboys are second and the 49ers are first. Cowboys so looking good. They are looking good. Like mm. they, if you're the 49ers, you need absolutely have to stop that team from getting the home uh, number one seed. Yeah. Because I think if the Cowboys get the number one seed, it's game over. Mm-hmm. Um, because at home in that stadium, in the house that Jerry built, for whatever reason, here we go. They are just. <laughs> I was waiting for the kids. So, so, so good. Um, they demolished the Eagles the other night. Um, they did. And the 49ers are very good as well but it, for me it will ultimately come down to what stadium that game's played in yeah and um right now if you're the 49ers you have to carry on winning which helps us because they're playing the Baltimore Ravens in a couple of weeks so yeah um yeah let's let's go faithful um that's that's where I'm at uh seller dwellers exactly the same as before Panthers bottom Patriots uh faithful so yeah both still crap well okay that leads us on nicely to the Chiefs at the Patriots <laughs> now this is the old enemy this is the old enemy for me. I don't care if they're crap this year. They're still the old enemy to me. I've never liked them, never will like them. And uh, we've we've got a, a a Bill Belichick who is completely barraged at the moment, isn't he, with uh, the fact that the team hasn't been playing well, although they did win in the last game. Um, what are you laughing at? I just I want to know what team you hate more out of Sunderland and the New England Patriots. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I don't. I really don't know because that that Sunderland one was quite deep rooted. I must admit, um, and it has been for a while. And we've actually got them in the cup. I know. Well. I've seen. So uh, it's going to yeah. be an interesting one for that. Um, but you did answer my question, though. Which, I, which I, is... I honestly don't know. I think I, like I think the, Patri- the Patriots and a Sunderland fan walks into a bar. Which one are you most likely to hear, and which one are you most likely to buy a drink? And I tell you what, to make it even easier, the Patriots fan. Hasn't got an American accent. Has he got a Brady shirt on? Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm hitting him first. <laughs> if you want some, I'll give it you. <laughs> it's, a, it's a New England Patriots fan with a Brady shirt and he doesn't know who the quarterback is now. <laughs> does does anyone him. know who the quarterback is right now? <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly, no. No, exactly. Zappy, right? a good point. Is that the guy? Yeah. Zappy. Yeah. Zappy. I would love to just get another win on the, against these guys. Um, I know it's still led by Bill, Bill Belichick, but Brady's run off into the distance. But it's the Patriots uniform, man. I just, I just see red when I see it. I think it's one of the better uniforms in the NFL, though. Don't, don't even start. Is, don't. I'm not having it. They're, they're, they're both their blue and their red one, as even their white one, are one of the better uniforms in the NFL. You've like, got something also- with white uniforms, haven't you? You like white uniforms. But, but their red one's very good. Like, it's very clean now, their uniform. Like, I know I've been a bit, well, you're doing a preview talking about uniforms, but I think it's relevant when it comes to them because it's the best, because <laughs> it's the best, talk about. <laughs> it's the best thing about their team right now. And <laughs> like, their old uniforms, the ones that Brady used to wear mm. with like, the logo and stuff, crap, yeah. awful. But they, they went a bit cleaner a few years ago. And a bit sharper, and I, f- I think the Patriots uniform is a thing of beauty. Like, if the Patriots rock their blue on Sunday, and then we rock out there in all whites, I'll have a. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a stiff drink. <laughs> um, I don't know if you can keep that in the podcast, but we'll, we'll find You've out really when you edit. down in my estimations, Tom. I'll you find really out are. when you edit it tomorrow, but. Um, <laughs> Tom, we need to pull you into HR. Why is that? You said <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> oh, no, Brad left it in. He <laughs> <laughs> yeah. told me he wasn't going to. <laughs> That's what she said, son. Uh, <laughs> well, we've got to talk about the Patriots because, I mean, they, they've had a terrible season, but com- by their standards, it is a terrible season. But I think a lot of the fans seem to be accepting the fact now that this is what who they are. And I think they're actually more excited now that they're actually looking forward to the draft, a high position in the draft to select their next Tom Brady, who they know, Tom Brady never got picked and they obviously they're, they're that high up in the draft. So I don't know why they're all really excited about this, but they just seem as though I think they've accepted the fate in this. And yeah, they don't want to win this game. They don't want to win this game. They really they don't. Want, they want as high a draft pick as possible, but 
And I think they're going to get it. Like, I don't think they're going to win many more than one game left no. this season. They certainly aren't going to win on Sunday. But um, I think you, you you look at this team and there's been a some news this week about the future of Bill Belichick. Apparently it's been reported that oh, yeah. made his mind up after the game against the Colts in Germany that Belichick was no longer going to be the coach. And like, I, I understand why, because they have performed terribly and they haven't been particularly good since Tom Brady left. But we spoke about it briefly last week on the podcast. We kind of went a bit early on the uh, Bill Belichick Patriots talk last week, last week's show, but I still don't think it's the right call to do. I, 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 I still believe that if you're the Patriots, you should hang on to Bill Belichick um, because defensively they are still a, a a very good team and they have that potential to be a good team i think where his flaws are is picking an offensive coordinator mm-hmm. that's the issue and like yes mac jones hasn't been great yes bailey zappi's played a little bit better yeah. since he come in but the offense is just a bit meh and I'm not seeing it saying, oh, an offensive coordinator is going to come in and make Mac Jones good. Like, no, he's not. Mac Jones isn't a very good quarterback. No. But if you've got Bill Belichick, a decent offensive coordinator, and say Caleb Williams, then you stand a chance of winning games. I, I just, I, I think it's such a hard thing for a team to do to pair a rookie, potentially rookie head coach with a rookie quarterback, with a new offensive coordinator. I, 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 that's a big old gamble in one hit. Now, if you keep Belichick and you get the quarterback and the quarterback turns out to be great, but the team's still being a bit crap, then you fire him a year from now. Mm. Or on the flip side, if you get the wrong quarterback, but you're still playing well because you got Belichick, then you've kind of made the right decision. You go after a new quarterback. I just think, if you're a craft, yes, you're looking for something to spark the team, but a quarterback can do that in himself. You don't need the coach to do that. Like we've seen how quarterbacks can come in and just breathe a breath of fresh air into a club. Mm. It's very rare that a coach comes in and hits the ground running straight away. It does happen, yeah. but it's rare. There's always going to be that teething period with a coach. Don't t- pair that teething period with a quarterback a mm. rookie quarterback because I can't think I'm trying, I'm struggling here. It's the last time where it really, really worked out. Like, I suppose you could say D'Amico Ryans and CJ Stroud this year has worked out yeah. very well, I suppose for the Texans, but in general, it doesn't have the effect. I can't think of one of them. Yeah. So I, I find the pages. I stick with Bill and I roll the dice on a new offensive coordinator and the quarterback. Unless I of think- course Kraft doesn't tr- trust but uh, Bill to pick the right quarterback because obviously he's GM there as well. So that 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 yeah. could be the issue there. Maybe they need maybe they just need an overhaul and they just say, right, Bill, you are head coach. That is your job. Don't want you to have anything to do with the offense, and we don't want you to pick any players in the draft. Leave that to a GM, and they go down route. I don't know. I think Bill Belichick's earned the right to have a little more time to actually work something with this Patriots team because. I mean, he, he was so dominant for so long, wasn't he? I mean, you know, two decades of success that he's had. Um, yeah, a lot of people attribute all those uh, successes to the fact that he had Tom Brady. But, you know, he had a, a quarterback there that was <laughs> like way down in the draft and suddenly became out to be one of these, you know, all-time greats. And I honestly thought that it was Bill Pre- Bill Belichick that got the best out of Tom Brady, but... Clearly, over the last couple of seasons, I suppose, that we've seen the Patriots not do so well. A lot of the daggers are out now for Bill Belichick because they're thinking, well, he's probably not all that at all. Mm. But I honestly think he needs more time. And if Kraft has decided to pull the plug on it, I think it's a sad end. I think it's a really sad end for a, such a, uh, a well-revered poach. And the other question I've got is, who do they replace him with? I mean, there's always a cycle of guys, isn't there? There's yeah, but who, who is who are the next hot things? You've got Ben Johnson in Detroit, who's their offensive coordinator. A lot of people are uh, tipping him as the next head coach potentially. I can tell you one thing: he's definitely not Matt Nagy. 
Um, EB? <laughs> you never know. Maybe, but apparently, like, Ron Rivera might be out in Washington. So, yeah. interesting to see what happens there. Like, do they fire the enemy at the same time or do they promote the enemy to head coach? Mm. So, potentially, he could be available. But then, is that, again, too much of a risk for Kraft to be enemy, new callback? Like, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. I'd be interested to see, like, who goes round on the hiring cycle this year. Like, Dave Tube's name's not going to be uh, towered about that, that's for sure. I still don't think Steve Spagnuolo is going to be linked to a head coaching job, even though he probably should be based on this year. Like if he, if Spagnuolo wasn't the Chiefs defensive coordinator, he absolutely would be in the running for head coaching jobs this year. Yeah. If, is if, he pushing for that though? Is he, is he that kind of guy know. who, is he really looking at head coaching jobs or is he just thinking, no, I'm quite happy with doing what I'm doing. He, he, he may think, oh, I've been there, done that. Yeah. And it didn't work out first time. Maybe his ceiling in his own personal view is being a defensive coordinator and being a very good one at that. Mm. Um, so yeah, maybe that's where he feels, but back to the Patriots. I, I, I'm intrigued by them. I, 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 I should imagine that the reports coming out are true and that he is gone at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, I just don't necessarily agree with it. Um, I think the the GM thing is too much for him. I don't think he's very good at that, yeah. especially on the offensive side of the ball. But um, certainly defensively, I think they've shown enough that they can still be a decent team if they had the right offensive input mm. externally. Yeah. Um, just looking at the uh, the stats of the team at the minute, um, it, it, I mean, it hasn't looked good for a while, has it? I mean, I suppose the the, the good thing that's come out of this year for the Patriots has been um, they have been doing all, pretty okay with the run game. I mean, obviously, Ramondre Stevenson was injured recently and they have obviously had to lean, lean on Ezekiel Elliott, who actually played really well in the last game, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and they have had a quarterback issue, which they don't know which quarterback they're going to be playing. Uh, Zappi's obviously seems to be one of those players that um, a lot of fans really thought he was going to be the one. Um, Mac Jones has been the guy that's, he's been the guy that has just been the main guy. <laughs> I can't really say anything else about Mac he's Jones. Not now. He's out. He's not been playing, has he? He's just no, bad. he's not. Exactly. You know, he's, he's been the main guy for quite some time. Um, but I mean, how do the Patriots win this game against the Chiefs? Because yeah, you're right. The defense seems to be doing pretty well, but they're not. They haven't been scoring points in the last few games. A lot of points, at least. They did win in the, in the last game. They did, but um, but the, the the three games prior to that, they were single digits. Yeah, they they were the first team since 1938. Yeah, last week, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. We should we should just input the uh, the uh, five ten minute chat we had last weekend. Just splice that in. Yeah, podcast. why not? Um, how do they win this game? What what is their route to winning this game? Defensive touchdowns. I mean, mean, (laughs) it's going to have to be the Patriots doing a number of some kind again on Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. They've had relative success against Mahomes previously. They're a bit like the Broncos in that Mm. respect, whenever they've had success for periods of games against Mahomes, where before it kind of didn't matter because Mahomes of yesteryear could put up 28 points in a single half. Now, we know that this Chiefs offense isn't capable of that this year. So if the Patriots do continue their success against Mahomes, Belichick in particular, then there's a there's a potential for the Chiefs to only score 13, 16 points this 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 mm. this week. But that's probably going to be enough. Yeah. Like, I just think the offense is really bad in New England. And like I they it wouldn't surprise me if they do come out and run Ezekiel Elliott twenty five times. Yeah, on Sunday, on Sunday, it wouldn't surprise me. But is that going to be enough for them to score points? Like in the red zone, no. what they got Juju, who's looked better last week. They got yeah. Hunter Henry. They've got Mike Kaziki. Like they've got sound some- like great names, but when you haven't got a, a quarterback <laughs> firing the you know the right, they bullet. haven't got someone to pass them the ball and then. Mm. I, I I don't know. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs don't reach twenty points again. But I don't think they need to reach twenty points this week. Where against other opponents, yeah. the likes of the Bills, you're going to need to get there to stand a chance. But I don't think like this isn't a 
unless we lose, this isn't a, c- a ceiling comes crashing down kind of game if the Chiefs don't reach 20 points because mm. of the coach that they're playing against is so damn good. Yeah. And has ha- done so well against um, Patrick Mahomes in the past. So I don't think that's too much of a worry because I fully expect them to double Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Double Travis Kelsey. And when they can sell out for the run, that's what they're going to do. So if the Chiefs don't get 20 points, no biggie. But if they don't get 20 points and they lose, and all of a sudden the, the Patriots are the team that unlock this Chiefs defense, then we've got an issue. But I don't think it's going to matter. I think the Chiefs have got this one in hand regardless. Yeah. Um, just looking back at some of the results they had before, I mean, they did beat the Buffalo Bills uh, 29-25, which uh, that was obviously going through the Buffalo Bills rough patch that they had. Um, they haven't been great since. Um, and that's probably been the, the, the probably the best game that they've had so far. I mean, yes, the, the the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers is probably coming at the right time, especially if you're going to be playing against the, you know, uh, against the Chiefs in 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 this week. But I'm trying to resist falling into the trap of expecting a Chiefs win like I did with the Denver Broncos. I'm I'm very hesitant now because. I really don't trust the offense at the minute. I know you're saying that it, it's looking a lot better than it has been for, for for some time, but like you said, they are playing against the Bill Belichick defense, which has caused a lot of issues before. And I don't want to have that level of expectation on this team now because we expect them to win against the Patriots. But having been bitten with that, that Broncos game, <laughs> I mean, we were laughing our backs off in our preview where yeah, we yeah. were like, this is it. This is, we're going to absolutely dominate 50 burger. We're going to be, you know, the, the, they're not even going to hang with us because the Broncos were really much down in the doldrums, even on the power rankings at that time. And now we're playing a similar team now in the New England Patriots where they are really down in the power rankings. And we're just like, maybe they might have a chance. You just don't know. Um, I'm, I'm very hesitant. Very, very hesitant. Cautious, Brad. I, I hate it. I, I don't like being don't cautious, like but I like being over the top. I like being, we're going to absolutely yeah. smash them because we're the Chiefs. We're brilliant. We're absolutely, you know, rose-tinted spectacles and all sorts. Cautious um, Brad wouldn't have had a successful YouTube channel. He no wouldn't chance. have. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> no, no chance. No, I don't like it. Can you, can, no. if the Chiefs win on Sunday, can we bring back, like, arrogant Brad? Yeah. I mean, especially as the fact that we're playing against the New England Patriots, and I hate them. I you'd expect me to be going, we're gonna smash them, we're gonna have that. You know, no, no I, I just. So if we win, I want you to put in the start of this podcast next week. I want next week's show to open with a "Let's go, baby" from uh, Chiefsaholic. Okay, <laughs> not not Let's you. Go, I want baby. I, I want the actual audio. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Okay, there must be a video online somewhere of him doing it. Um, oh, there will be. That's what I want from you. And I want you to be as arrogant as hell if we put your arch enemy down, yeah. which we will, by the way. Here's my prediction. The Chiefs are going to win this game. Yeah. The Chiefs are going to win this game pretty comfortably. The Chiefs are going to win this game 23-9. Really? Yes. Okay, 23-9. Okay. Um, yeah, I see where you're going with that. I'm going to go... <sighs> also, bold prediction, Harrison Buck is going to miss his first kick this week. Okay. I'm going... And Kadarius Tony is going to score a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to rub it in yeah. yeah I'm predicting he's gonna cause a fumble from his spin runs that he does <laughs> and the Chiefs are gonna win 17 nil 17-7 nice. I think Ezekiel Elliott will probably cause a, a cause a bit of a headache with a touchdown um, a but bit of a headache 7 points <laughs> 7 points yeah okay. yeah. but I think Huge they might headache. get it first as worst well. migraine ever <laughs> <laughs> they'll they'll get it first and then we'll be like oh the sky's falling in um yeah it'd be interesting to see chief's twitter if they do score first <laughs> That's I'm, gonna say. I'm gonna start wearing a helmet every time i turn on my phone during chief's game yeah no 17-7 i think i'll go with that um comfortable win <laughs> he said it i've said it already comfortable win um and yeah i just don't want to be i just don't want to be looking at another Chiefs offense and wondering what on earth are we going to do with this team. That's all we've got time for this week. Uh, if you don't know by now, obviously we're here every Wednesday until the end of the season, so please feel free to interact with myself and Tom. Uh, Tom is at TomChiles56 on Twitter, and I'm 
Chief UK or at Chief UK on Twitter. So uh, let us know your thoughts about the Chiefs. Um, I know we've been getting quite a few recently. We might have to start reading some of these out, actually. Um, getting, getting some uh, views from Chiefs Kingdom, I think. Uh, stick around on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network for more shows to get you through the season and obviously the festive period. If you haven't done so already, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so that we can read them out here on the Great British Chiefs show. But all that's left to say here is from one kingdom to another. We'll speak to you again soon. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe. Support for this episode has come from eBay. You know real when you feel it. And with eBay authenticity guarantee, you don't have to wonder. You know that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo will be checked by experts and verified authentic. Maybe it's a designer handbag, sneakers that pop, jewelry that shines as bright as you do. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Right now, businesses are facing tough choices. Do you cut costs or drive growth? Solve for today or build for tomorrow? Do you satisfy your shareholders or satisfy your customers? The answer is yes. You don't have to choose. With the intelligent platform for digital business from ServiceNow, you can say yes to unifying your existing systems and yes to accelerating growth. Visit servicenow.com to see how we can help you put yes to work. The world works with ServiceNow.